How do successful streamers optimize and organize their time to be as efficient as possible? How are they able to maintain what they're building on all of these different platforms in addition to streaming many hours every single week? In this episode, we're going to talk about the habits of successful streamers, the habits that they've grown over years and years of streaming that help them keep crushing it on social media, podcasting, YouTube, their stream, business, and so on, so that they can maintain their relevancy and keep going and keep growing their empire. Hopefully, this episode is going to teach you the habits that you need in order to do the same thing. So let's jump right into it. It's intro time. What's up, everyone? Welcome back to the Stream Coach Podcast. In today's episode, we're going to be talking about the habits of successful streamers. And this is really relevant for right now because this is our first episode that we have filmed in 2020. So what are we all doing right now? We're thinking about the goals that we have set for this year and the way that we want to change up our content to stay fresh for ourselves and our community. And we're reflecting back on 2019 and what worked for us, what didn't work for us, what were wins, what were losses. So hopefully in this episode, it's going to help you figure out a few different strategies in order to change up your content so that it keeps things fresh for you, but you also are able to relate to your audience more and get more viewers and get more attention to your brand, your content, your community. Before we get into that, I just want to update y'all on what is going on with Stream Coach. So in the last episode, or it might have been the episode before last, we talked about how we were launching the official six-week program. The content for that program is almost completely finished, and it is set to start at the end of January. So make sure that you are paying attention to Stream Coach on Twitter. If you haven't followed us there already, it's just at StreamCoachTV. A lot of the stream coach content that I'm creating, anything that's advice for streamers is going to be partitioning into the stream coach brand. This was one of my big goals for 2020 was kind of bringing all of that streaming advice under one umbrella and letting Ashney Christ, that brand, be a little bit more exploratory. So you're going to see me trying some different styles that I've never tried before creating some different pieces of content that I've never really created before or even thought of creating before. I really want 2020 to be exploratory for myself. So that is something that uh, you want to keep an eye out for if you are interested in learning more about the weird stuff that I do that isn't stream advice. And then also, if you are interested in the stream advice, make sure that you're following Stream Coach as well as myself on Twitter. We'll make sure to post all of the pieces that we create for you there. So... Let's talk about habits. I've recommended a book to a lot of you, and I haven't recommended this book in a while, but I feel like this episode would be completely worthless if I did not mention this book, because the minute that I finished this book, I had the biggest brain blast of all time. 
I've done a lot of research on habits and how to be efficient and how to be productive and how to stay motivated and all of that in my journey as an entrepreneur and a businesswoman and a content creator. Efficiency is really important. And so that was a subject that I was studying for a while. And I have not seen a single book that has explained all of this as impressively as Atomic Habits by James Clear. Like I said, I've talked about this before. So if you he- you've heard me recommend this book before, it's not the first time. It's definitely not going to be the last. But if you want to learn more about how to be efficient and what actually motivates people and how to do things like set your environment up to make you successful, definitely check out this book. I mean, you can get it on Amazon and Kindle, wherever anyone gets books these days. I do believe that it should be required reading for all streamers. It is that helpful. So let's get into habits. Uh, First, we're going to start with social media. We'll get into podcasting, YouTube, stream, and business. I want to talk about why successful streamers use each of these different platforms, how they use it, and then what you can learn and how you should take the strategies that these people are using and use them for yourself. Because even though you aren't massively successful with hundreds or thousands of viewers doesn't mean that you can't use these same strategies and that they'll be effective for you. The only difference between you and someone that's absolutely huge and successful is scale. The impact and the effectiveness of strategies doesn't necessarily change. Uh, Obviously, take that with a grain of salt because all of us are on our different paths and we all have different communities and styles of content. But for the most part, the effectiveness of these strategies does not change. So let's get into social media first. Why do successful streamers use social media? So a common problem that I see in the streaming community is that so many of us focus on Twitter or Instagram or TikTok. And these platforms are absolutely amazing. There are people like uh, Paladin Amber and uh, I would say like Ashley Ribato, I think that's her name, that have absolutely popped off because of content that they posted on Twitter. But at the same time, that virality isn't going to be reliable for everyone. We're not all going to be translated our best through what these platforms can give us. So just because you are really funny doesn't necessarily mean TikTok is going to be the best platform for you. Just because you're really great at composing a tweet that makes sense and makes a statement for people doesn't mean that Twitter is going to be how you get a ton of attention. So a lot of people are focusing a ton of time on these platforms without realizing what these platforms are truly for and how useful they really are. So taking virality kind of out of this conversation, because that's a whole other concept, social media is really best as a proverbial water cooler. So successful streamers are using it just to stay connected to the community. Think of kind of like an email list, right? The point of an email list isn't necessarily to get people to open every single email, read every single word that you write. It's there to remind people that you exist. That's the same thing that social media does for successful creators, and this is the same thing that it does for all of you. It's simply there to remind people that you're active, that you're a part of the community, and that you participate. 
yes, there is the potential for you to get tons of attention through it. And there are definitely people who have achieved virality and grown their stream through social media, but it is much less reliable than a macro form of content, which is something like podcasting, YouTube, or streaming, because those pieces are so much larger and so much more impactful. So how does a successful streamer use social media? This is very different for everyone. However, there are some commonalities between successful creators that you start to realize as time goes on. So especially with Twitter right now, we're all so involved in the drama of it. We're so impacted by this guy said something negative against women with cleavage. This guy uh, or this woman like threw her cat. <laughs> we're so involved in the negativity of it. But if you think about it, aside from Keemstar, we rarely see people that are massively successful get involved in drama. Think of Ninja. How often is he posting about booby streamers or the Alinity stuff, like the, all the drama that you see literally every single day on Twitter? How often is he getting involved in that? How often is any successful creator, Pokimane, how often is she getting involved in drama? Now, the difference between someone who is, uh, for lack of a, a better word right now, unsuccessful, who has maybe like five average viewers or so versus Ninja, Pokimane, the people who are at the top, um, and the person who is unsuccessful for this example is a person who gets involved in drama a lot on social media, uh, likes the attention that it gives them, believes that they're standing up for the things that they believe in, which is very important and is something that you should do. However, people who have been in this community for a long time understand that drama and cancellation and negativity happens to everyone. And unless you've been to a convention, you don't realize that people are so much different than your perception of them online. If you see someone on Twitter and you think, oh my God, this guy is such a jerk, such a jerk, what the heck? And then you meet them in person. Oftentimes you find that they are completely different from what you expected them to be. And it's because we don't get things like tone and uh, like facial feature and facial features but like facial like expression right we don't get to to grasp the full concept of what they are attempting to communicate often through social media so typically really successful creators it's very rare that they get involved in that drama unless it directly affects them or it's part of their brand and they have to stand up for themselves and this is really important because it teaches you to take a step back, focus on yourself. And instead of spending hours every single day that something negative comes up, some piece of new drama comes up on Twitter, you're not wasting your time just commenting, 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 and trying to get the likes and the retweets and, and farming the engagement. Instead, what you're doing is you're spending that time creating the bigger pieces like podcasts, YouTube streams, or business moves that are going to push your brand forward while everyone else is getting distracted yelling at each other. That's pretty good, right? Imagine, just imagine how far you could go if you stop posting on Twitter or Instagram as much 
and you started making the bigger pieces that are so much more impactful to people. So good. So another habit is obviously posting daily. Now we say, try not to get involved in drama, like try not to, to be that person uh, on social media. If you want to grow your brand, however, there are absolutely brands that it, that is their their strategy. That's how they grow. There are plenty of people who are reputable, reputable, responsible, great individuals who feel like they need to respond to that type of uh, that type of negativity, and they need to take a stance and they need to stand up for the people that are being wronged. And that is not what I'm arguing at all. However, think of how you can use your time more efficiently. And when I say this. We also talk about posting daily, right? So just like maintaining that activity level. You don't necessarily have to post daily, but just making sure that you are active and that you're present since the the point of social media, the reason that we're using this is to maintain that presence and show people that we're still active in the community. You want to make sure that you are posting. Now, posting daily is great, but you also want to be taking breaks too. Sometimes even if you are that beacon of light and positivity for everyone it can still get exhausting as much as we all want to think we are the master of our minds and that we can control every single action that we take in our lives. Sometimes your, your brain just can't handle days. (laughs) We'll just say the entire day, the whole day is gone. Just (laughs) it's done. You have those days where you're just not as effective. Maybe you're a little bit crankier than usual. Maybe you woke up and, and your dog, I don't know, like pooped on your head. You need to make sure that you're taking breaks in order to maintain some level of sanity because as much as we all love to get involved in social media and and our lives are kind of dictated by our online presence, it's also really important to disconnect and re-engage with real life because that's where a lot of the creativity comes from. That's when you give yourself time to think of Uh, different ideas. That's where creativity comes from. Whenever you are just absolutely inundated with all of these constant thoughts, it's relatively impossible to be creative whenever your brain is constantly working to keep up with what you're currently doing. And whenever you work in an industry that's all about creativity, how are you going to maintain your space in a creative industry when you don't give yourself time to be creative? Another way that successful streamers use social media is that they know what their audience is looking for. So you'll often find the like top women streamers posting really cute photos of themselves. Maybe there's a, a little booty or a, a little, I don't know, a cute belly or something. I don't know. But they're posting really cute photos. Uh, you see the guys posting more about like game updates and feedback. Uh, they're a little bit less inclined to post pictures of themselves. So you want to think of what is your audience coming to you for and how can you create social media content that they are interested in learning about based on your target demographic. If you haven't figured out who your target demographic is, this is essentially the group of people that you are trying to create a stream for. You're creating an entire content experience for them, actually. So 
hopefully you have been listening to the show or every other stream advice person that's out there that's telling you, hey, you need to have a presence on multiple platforms. You need to be streaming. You need to have YouTube. You need to have a podcast. You need to have like all of these other things, right? And so whenever you create all of this stuff, it can feel really dysfunctional and it doesn't feel cohesive unless it has a common denominator amongst all of them. So if you've got this common denominator, typically this presents as your target demographic, which is the group of people that you choose to create this content experience for. So figuring out who that group is, is really important. And this applies to every single subject we're going to talk about today. You need to know who your audience is. I guarantee you every single successful streamer can go to a sponsor and say, this is what they like. This is what they don't like. This is their age. This is the type of humor they're interested in. This is what they do with their day. This is what they want to be when they grow up. This is what their goals are. This is what they've achieved and haven't achieved. And knowing your audience at that level is incredibly important. You can do this later on based on who naturally comes into your space, or you can do this ahead of time before you really even start growing and create this entire content experience for that specific group of people, which is way more likely to give you success in the long run because you are connected to those needs and those wants early. So knowing all of this, and and this is a very basic overview of social media, there's a lot more that we could go into here, but how should you use this information? First off, posting consistently. Yes, it is still a piece of advice that we have to give because a lot of people don't. But being there consistently is really important. Figuring out who your audience is, posting content specifically for them, and treating your presence as if it is powerful, even if it isn't yet. What does that mean? That essentially means that you don't comment on the things that you don't want to bring attention to. You don't respond to people that you don't believe you should be engaging with. You don't retweet people who don't deserve the attention. You essentially make sure that your presence is only used with and for the people who deserve it. So you are a leader. You are someone who is inspiring people. Regardless of how big your community is, they're looking to you to guide them. So make sure that the direction that you're guiding them in is one that you would be proud of them to be existing in. So I like to divide social media, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok into a micro content bucket. And I like podcasting, YouTube, streaming, and business to go into the macro content bucket. Micro content is content that is smaller. It's more digestible. It's more bingeable. It's all about maintaining a presence within the community that you want to be involved in. And yeah, sometimes you can go viral and grow, but most growth typically tends to come from the macro content. So let's talk about podcasting, and then we'll get into more macro content. Like I said, macro content is a larger format than social media. So what's the point of it? 
it's really created to cause a transformation for your audience. So it's typically presented as a YouTube video, a podcast, or a live stream. It's also usually evergreen unless it's a stream. Evergreen content is content that's always relevant and it's not reliant on timing. Streaming is reliant on timing. The value of a stream is that it's live. It's that interaction piece. You can ask a question in chat and the streamer will respond to you. But that interaction doesn't exist with YouTube videos or podcasts. So that means that those two platforms, YouTube and podcasting, are incredibly important for your macro content strategy and for your growth as a streamer. You really need a combination of evergreen and non-evergreen content to be discovered. So evergreen content like YouTube videos and podcasts is better for growth and discoverability, but streaming is better for growing community and trust. Unfortunately, at this point in the streaming ecosystem, you can't rely solely on streaming to grow your stream because all of these platforms are so competitive. There are millions of streamers out there. How are you going to be found if there are millions of other people you're competing with and people have to find you at the time that you're live because you don't have any content out there while you're not live? This is why so many people are streaming seven days a week, 10 hours a day, thinking that oh, I just have to be found. If people will just find me, they'll like me. But unfortunately, some people just don't find you. If you're buried at the bottom of directories, it's really difficult to discover you. That's where YouTube videos, podcasts, and social media comes in. It makes it more likely that someone can find you on their own time on a platform that they're more excited by. Maybe they're scrolling Twitter, see something funny by you, and then they come into a stream. That's a much more likely discoverability system. That's the discoverability system that successful creators are using right now versus relying on being found on all these streaming platforms. So let's talk about podcasting specifically. Why do successful streamers use a podcast? So podcasts are really great for creators who have meaty topics that have depth. If you are a creator who has found your target demographic and maybe they are people who care about the environment, a podcast would be really good for you because you can bring people on and interview them about the environment and how to change what we're going through. Um, you can have solo, conversa solo conversations. I don't know if it's a conversation, if it's just you, is it? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> but you can have solo episodes about you and your perspective on the environment, etc. It's really great for meaty topics right? like that. And you can still do topics that are gaming oriented if you'd like. Podcasts have medium discoverability. So the discoverability for a podcast isn't as great as YouTube, but it's not absolutely horrendous like streaming. You can be found on podcast platforms. If you use Anchor, which is the podcast platform that I prefer, they will actually put your show out onto like 16 different platforms so that you can be discovered in so many different platforms without having to upload your podcast 16 individual times. 
Podcasting is also a really growing industry, has a lot of potential. The future here is huge. New shows are being added all the time. Uh, Celebrities have shows like there's tons and tons of shows out there. Also, podcasting helps you negotiate higher sponsorship payout. So because I have a YouTube channel, a stream, a podcast, a business and social media that's all geared towards helping streamers. This helps me negotiate five to 10 times more than the average person makes on a sponsorship deal. Now, I still don't prefer sponsorships to creating my own products, but there are some companies who I love that I want to work with and having that negotiation power, especially as you grow, is incredibly important. They can pay you hundred dollars for just your stream, or they can pay you $500 for you to mention them on your stream, your podcast, and a YouTube video. Which one would you prefer? (laughs) Probably the higher payout. Podcasts are also really great because it's easy to repurpose content from your stream. So you kind of double up on content here. Let's say you have an interview show, like we've done with this show many, many times. We've interviewed successful streamers those episodes are actually recorded while I'm live. So what's cool about that is you always hear people talking about collaboration and networking and how important that is for growing a stream. Imagine bringing someone onto an interview show that is a streamer. Obviously, they're going to bring their community over. You're going to have your community there. The two communities are going to get to mix. You introduce yourself to new people. They introduce themselves to new people. And you're able to talk about a subject that you might not otherwise be able to whenever the two of you are live and you're not just filming a show. It's a really good way to just hang out with your friends or meet some new people, make new connections. And it is way, way, way more likely to help you grow your stream because it's collaborative. Then if someone can't show up while you're live you are able to take that interview, throw it onto a podcast platform, have it be pushed out to 16 different platforms and allow people to listen on their own time. So you're making yourself and your content really convenient to fit into anyone's schedule. It's so easy to repurpose content from a stream into a podcast. It's ridiculous. Now, there are some cons to podcasting. It does take time to build a library, although a library isn't super important as long as you are consistent. And there's almost no viewership interaction. So something that streamers really love typically is that they're able to talk to their viewers back and forth immediately. You don't have that with podcasting. Podcasting is essentially you talking to yourself alone in a room and you rarely ever get responses about your show unless you film it live and you can have that chat interaction or if you're able to convince people to tweet at you, which can be pretty difficult. Tweet at me if you listen to this episode at Ashney Christ. (laughs) Let's see what happens. (laughs) I'll let y'all know in the next episode if anyone said anything. So podcasting is really powerful for these reasons. Uh, In order to create a podcast, though, the same rules still apply as they do with streaming. You still need to have a unique take. There are a ton of podcasts that interview streamers. There are a ton of podcasts where 
two people get together to talk about the favorite game that they played this month or something. And as great as those shows are, and I will always say a podcast is better than having no podcast, having a unique take is still going to set you on a much faster and stronger path versus someone who just does the same thing as everyone else. There are still lots of podcasters, even though the discoverability is pretty good. You want to do something that's fresh and have a fresh perspective for people. Those are the tweets that take off. Those are the streamers that take off. Those are the YouTubers that take off. So finding your own unique take in the podcasting platform, but in the podcasting ecosystem is important. Next is YouTube. Why would a successful streamer with thousands of viewers create content on YouTube? It's the best macro platform for discoverability, hands down. It's better than streaming and it's better than podcasting. The reason for this is because it has a really great algorithmic system. If we compare this to stream platforms, most streaming platforms are categorizing their content by viewership. So if you're new or you're struggling, you're buried at the bottom of the directories and everyone who has more viewers than you is on top of you. In order for someone to find you, that they have to scroll really far down on the page. That problem doesn't exist on YouTube. If you are able to create a video that is good and helpful for people, it doesn't matter how many subscribers you have. It doesn't matter how many people watch it. People will share it. More people will discover it. And the algorithm is going to put it in front of more people because of that. So it has this really great algorithmic system. It's the second largest search engine. Did you know that? It's the second largest search engine. And it's owned by the first largest search engine. So search dominates. It's amazing. It's also relevant for all audiences. So it doesn't matter who you're creating for, who your target audience is. Those people want YouTube content. It's going to be relevant for them in some way. Now, just like podcasting, it also helps you negotiate higher sponsorship payouts. And something that I've learned from YouTube is it teaches you how to hold viewers attention for longer periods of time. So with a stream, what a lot of people will do is they'll turn it on in the background and they won't pay a ton of attention until something kind of sparks and they want to pay attention because they heard you say something that affected them or that they thought was interesting. And then there are other people who they are completely clued into the stream, like they cannot take their eyes off of you the entire time. There's a difference between streamers who are able to hold attention like that second example for long periods of time versus streamers who people tend to to come in and spend a couple of minutes with you and then they leave and they go somewhere else. YouTube will teach you how to hold people's attention for longer periods of time. It will teach you how to be more engaging. It will make you a better streamer. I'm not even kidding. It's also good because of that searchability. That's what these successful streamers are really using it for. If you have thousands of viewers, hundreds of viewers, or even like 30 viewers, think of up- uploading a YouTube video. You already have people who are going to support you and support that content. So you've got a base community to work off of. All of these platforms really just support each other. So the cons to YouTube, it does create additional workload. So... I will not lie to you, making a single YouTube video a week is great. It's also a lot of work. 
typically you see people filming uh, outside of their stream time. There are some YouTube channels where people will be streaming and they'll actually be filming at the very same time or they'll have a YouTube editor who will jump in and like take clips to to put as a montage on their channel or something. But a lot of people, myself included, don't don't film for YouTube during the streams. So it adds additional time. We'll end the stream and then we'll start filming. We'll film for, you know, two hours or something, film four videos at once, and then have to edit all of those too. In addition to posting them, responding to all the comments, maintaining a presence in the YouTube community, that does create a ton of additional workload, but it is absolutely worth it. It's also reliant on your ability to hold viewers' attention. So if you are kind of boring, can't get to the point, can't deliver value for people, you're going to figure that out super fast because your views are not going to increase. You're going to have very low views, just like you've got very low views on Twitch, but you have a more likely chance of holding someone's attention for a four minute YouTube video than you do for a eight hour long stream. If you can't hold their attention for a four minute YouTube video, what makes you think that people are going to care about you to hang out with you for eight hours? Start with the smaller piece of content first. Start figuring out how to hold their attention for four minutes and then take all the strategies that you learned from there and throw them into that eight-hour stream. I guarantee you, your viewership is going to increase solely because you're more interesting and engaging. That doesn't even count all the additional people that are going to be brought to you because of YouTube's algorithm. Another con is that YouTube, I mean, it takes time to build a library. You have to film tons of videos over and over and over and over and over and over. You've got to get to the point where I think PewDiePie had a, a thousand videos before he hit a he hundred subscribers or was that Mr. Beast? Probably not Beast because his videos are just massive productions, but very, very huge YouTubers. Some of them took a ton of time in order to grow their subscriber base. It just takes time to build a library that is relevant for people and helpful for people. Now streaming. How does streaming fit into this entire ecosystem? How does it fit into podcasting, YouTube, social media? This is difficult, right? You're doing so much here and this is this is a, the habit that successful streamers have is they're creating on all of these different platforms while also maintaining their stream. And most of them are streaming six days a week for hours and hours and hours at a time. So first off, let's talk about why a successful streamer streams. As amazing as YouTube and podcasting is and social media is for discoverability, they are not very great at community development or growing trust with your audience. Stream content is the absolute best option for community development and growing trust. The reason for this is because people see your, your responses live. They're able to see tone of voice. They can't see tone of voice. They just hear your tone of voice, but they're able to see your reactions. They're able to hear your tone of voice. All of those problems that we talked about with social media and the reason that people can think that you're so much different than you actually are in real life is because they can't see everything that they can see with a stream. So you are so 
uh, some people would say vulnerable, but I think it's, you're just real. You're just there. You're such a huge presence and you're active whenever you're streaming. So it's a great way to grow trust. People are 82% more likely to make a purchase from someone based off of a live stream versus any other style of content. More trust like this means it's just more monetizable. You have a closer connection. You're able to not only get people interested in you more as a person, but kind of facilitate connections between your community members, which is absolutely huge, huge. It's the best way to to make money. The cons are it is the most time-intensive option. So it is more time-intensive than YouTube and podcasting for sure. You have to stream for hours at a time. The streaming platforms that we all participate in, they expect multiple streams every single week. It also has horrible discoverability. Discoverability does not exist on these platforms yet. And the value of stream content is that it's only valuable if viewers tune in while you're live. So while some people might check out your past broadcasts, they're really not going to sit there for the entire, you know, four hours, eight hours, whatever of your stream. People just don't have time for that, especially if they're not able to interact with you because it's a past broadcast and it's not live. They don't get the interaction piece. This is why you want YouTube, podcasts, and social media, because people can tune into something that's actually valuable for them, regardless if you're live or not. So what would it look like if you were to focus on one of these macro content platforms? What would it look like if you only streamed, you only had YouTube, or you only podcasted? With YouTube... When you only focus on YouTube, you lack that community and trust development. People feel like they don't know the real you. They can't hang out with you. There's no live streams. There's no podcast. They can't get the depth that a one-hour podcast episode can give them, and they don't get the live experience. If you only focus on podcasting, you don't have YouTube. You don't have streaming. You lack community interaction. You lack physical presence. If you only rely on streaming, you don't have YouTube, you don't have a podcast, you lack discoverability and growth. You lack the best way to get yourself in front of more people. These evergreen platforms like YouTube and podcasting. Successful streamers have all of these pieces working for them. They've got social media, they've got a podcast, not all of them, but a lot of them do. They have YouTube content and they've got a stream. They're usually streaming six days a week. They're publishing between one to maybe four or five YouTube videos a week. They have an editor that helps them kind of break down some of that content so that they don't have to, to be creating as much of it. They've got a podcast, either one to like four or five or maybe even daily episodes a week. They've got social media where they're posting all the time. They have a ton of time because they're full-time creators, right? They get to post all of this stuff. So you have to decide which platforms are going to be most valuable for you, but you have to make sure that you include some type of evergreen platform in there, either YouTube or podcasting. Now, another piece of this is that a successful streamer also has a business strategy, right? So whenever they're creating on social media, podcast, YouTube, whatever, all these other platforms, they are also thinking of how they're making money. And typically it's done through the platform's 
uh, monetization options, right? So with a stream, they're getting subs. With YouTube, they're getting AdSense. Uh, with a podcast, they have advertising. And with uh, social media, there's sponsorships and ads as well. But then they also are able to negotiate higher sponsorship deals because they've got activity on all of these platforms. Typically, most streamers are using this older business model, and I've talked about this in YouTube videos, but if this is your first time learning about it, there are two different business models in the streaming community. There's the older business model and the newer business model. The old one is reliant on sponsorships and crowdfunding and relies a lot on your community to say, I like this content, take $5. Whereas the newer model still has pieces of that in there. You can still get you know, sponsorships and use crowdfunding if you want to but it also is more independent. So this is the model that I follow. You create a product. Let's say it's an, a $27 ebook. Oh, you can see mine if you go to streamcoachbook.com, by the way. $27 ebook that you sell on every single platform. This is a decentralized monetization, which means that it isn't reliant on a single platform in order to be sold or make money. So if my YouTube goes down or I stop streaming or the podcast goes away or the social media goes away, I'm still selling this product on five other platforms and it's still making money on all of those other platforms. That means that I'm safe. If one of these spaces stops working for me or if I just don't want to put content out on one of these platforms anymore, it doesn't matter. And a lot of creators are using the same thing. Pokimane is absolutely amazing, amazing businesswoman. She's got a makeup line. Ninja has his underwear line. Uh, different people are, are creating different things and making money from these products that they're creating. But a lot of streamers think that creating a, a product like this is locked behind you having hundreds or thousands of viewers. And someday someone's going to come to you and say, Hey, we want to help you create this thing for your community. It's really not. I guarantee you most of these deals are made because these large creators have decided, Hey, I want to make this underwear line. I want to make a makeup line. And then they go and search for someone to help them do that. It's very rare that whenever you have a ton of power as a really huge successful creator, that you will give away the power of monetizing your audience, the power of making strategic business moves to some person who just randomly emails you and it randomly gets to your inbox. Now, obviously this is all over the place. Some people that does happen, some people that doesn't happen. However, stepping into your power, regardless of what size of a creator you are, is going to make you a lot more monetizable and a much better business partner for your streaming platforms, which is what all y'all want, right? You want to get partnered. You want to be successful. You want an amazing community. And I promise you a way to, to do that is by freeing up more of your time by making more money. So you can either leave the job that you've got now and go full time, giving yourself more space to, to create or, uh, if you want to stay in your nine to five job, you could also do something like this for charity. But products like this are really great for building your um, building your credibility as a creator and they give you more authority. If I go up to someone and I say, hi, I'm Ashney Christ. I make YouTube videos for streamers. Or if I say, hey, I make 
uh, YouTube podcasts and live streams for the streaming community to help up and coming creators really freaking crush it and achieve their dreams. I am also an author. I wrote the build your dream stream ebook, uh, and, uh, I've sold thousands of copies. Like that makes me a lot more credible to, if I want to do public speaking someday, if I want to get into uh, a different industry, if I want to teach people about business, that's something that I can use that kind of builds my authority in whatever space that I want to go into, just like it would build yours. So successful streamers are really using all of these strategies in order to maintain their position as creators make sure that they're making money so they can keep paying the bills and keep their audience around because they're constantly creating and they're constantly out there generating attention for themselves because they're always producing pieces, just always, always, always. The output is so high compared to someone who we might consider not as successful. Having a presence on all of these platforms is huge. Having habits that set yourself up for success on each of these platforms is huge. Having a team to support what you're doing on each of these is absolutely required. You can't do all of this on your own. And the minute that you recognize you can't maintain the level that you want to be at by yourself and you start bringing people in to build your vision together, that's whenever you're going to start succeeding. That's whenever you're going to start creating on so many platforms and bringing more people back to your stream. That's where your your growth is going to come from. And the creators and the streamers who take this advice to heart and start acting on it now are the ones who will see success in 2020 and the upcoming years. Because I guarantee you, even if the people are huge successful streamers now, but they don't have a YouTube, they aren't diversifying themselves, they are only relevant as a streamer, there's a reason that they are losing viewership now and they will continue to do so until they start to diversify. So don't put yourself in that position. Put yourself in a position to overtake them, baby. I'm telling you, it's coming. Start creating on all these different spaces. Get your team, make your business model solid. That's 2020 for you. And my intentions for 2020 look like a constant presence on Twitter making sure that I am sending out positive messages that are uh, retweetable, that, wa- that, that are able to be shared amongst all of not just my followers, but my followers' followers, so that they're so relevant, they're able to have that message be spread. I make sure that I'm creating a, a visual side of my brand, uh, Ashney Christ, because I'm, I'm starting to kind of explore a bit more in content creation. Instead of just being stream advice, Ashney, I want to be something that is a little bit more all-encompassing of the fullness of my personality, but I want this podcast to be weekly. I want to do little mini episodes for you guys, so maybe you'll get like, you know, three episodes a week, two episodes a week or something of just random thoughts or something that comes up that I find would be relevant for you. I want to post more podcast episodes. YouTube is going to be one to three YouTube videos a week. We're talking about bringing on another editor because our current editor is just super busy and isn't able to to get out as many videos as we want to. So we're going to be creating more there. The streams are coming back. I've taken about two months off of streaming because I've been building this program and hiring coaches and 
focusing a lot more on the business side. So that way my financial future is safe and stable. So we'll be back to streaming. We're going to be doing stuff that's a little bit different, uh, potentially getting into urban exploration, which is where I'll be going to like abandoned buildings and taking photos and hopefully having streams of that. I mean, that would be really freaking cool. And then for the business side, obviously growing stream coach a lot more. I also have two other businesses that I'm building. Hopefully I'll be able to tell you all about those soon because I'm really excited about those. But my intentions for the new year are a little bit more focused on content than it, than it is, uh, than it was on the last, you know, six months of 2019, because I want to make sure that as much as I love business, I'm able to maintain my connection with all of you. Otherwise I wouldn't be doing everything that I'm doing now. If this wasn't actually valuable for you, if the streams, the YouTube, the podcast wasn't helpful for you, I wouldn't be in the position that I'm in now. So why not make sure that I'm creating as much as I possibly can to help you out? And then if you want to, you know, work one-on-one with a coach or you want to go deeper, you have that option on the business side. That's my intentions for the new year. I want to crush it. (laughs) All right. So I hope that this was helpful. This is a lot of work. I know that it's really wild to kind of go over all of this. And for some of you, your brain is probably spinning just thinking about it. But I promise it gets easier. Don't attempt to overload yourself by doing all of this at once, starting a podcast and a YouTube channel and changing up all of your social media all at the same time is way too much to do. It is a journey. So as long as you're moving into this direction, don't feel like you have to do it all now, especially if you don't have time because you're in a normal job or you are just uh, busy with other things in life at the moment. As long as you know that this is a direction that the industry is moving into and you take steps to move in that direction, you are on the right path. Now, that being said, don't forget to tweet at me. In fact, if you've listened this far, tweet me your intentions for the new year. What do you want to grow? What did you learn from this episode that you want to start using? What are you really excited about? And that way I'll know that you got to the end of the episode and I'll be able to to talk to you a little bit on Twitter. And I'll let you know if we have any responses. Like I said, it's really difficult to get people to respond uh, through podcasting, but we'll see what happens and I will report back to you in the next episode, hopefully. I love you all so much. Thank you for hanging out with me yet again. I'm really excited to keep serving you more stuff in 2020 and kind of upping the output compared to the last half of 2019. I'm super, super hyped. We back, baby. So don't forget to subscribe to the show if you haven't already, because we have a lot of stuff coming out for you. We've got some really good guests planned, like Casey Screams Back, Rora Pickles. We've talked to uh, Gothic's model about having her on, Oreo side. There are going to be a lot of people coming into the show that we've already got scheduled. So make sure that you subscribe if you haven't already. And I'm going to shut up now. (laughs) I'll see you next week. Bye.